everybody, and welcome to the Painter Bread Quarterly Slush Pile. We decided to share our editorial process with you so that you can get a sense of how much we care. Um, I was thinking about maybe that us or us and our listeners, we and our listeners could play a game, a new game, where we try to think of like puns and goofy analogies for the slush pile, right? Like here, okay, this is, I think you guys may have heard me say this before, but this is how I'm starting the game. PBQ's editorial process is to other literary magazines like a micro-roasted artisanal coffee is to a K-cup. <laughs> Do you get it? Is that okay? Is that overly complicated? That is the best freaking simile ever. <laughs> and analogy, it was great. Got it. Got okay. it. Okay. All right. So there's the challenge. That's that's. I'm throwing down the gauntlet. Um, the uh, the I that's already babbling is Kathleen Volkmiller. I run um, the publishing program in. Uh, at, here at Trexel University and Painted by Quarterly with all of this lovely crew that we have here. And um, it's beautiful and sunny in Philadelphia today, and it's Valentine's Day. And I have to announce to the world before I introduce him that Tim Fitz is wearing pink. Tim Fitz is wearing pink. Pink? Why? I've never Does seen it look good pink. On him? It looks nice on him. It's very nice. It's it's a are, pink. Are, what kind of a pink are we talking? Are we talking like a salmon pink? <laughs> it's I mean, a pink pink. pink. I mean, if I'm gonna be really honest, it's a pinstripe Oxford cloth. Oh nice. Oh, I love that pink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rosy, nice. I would even dare say. Oh. A rosy pink, as rosy. a matter of fact. I'm, I'm gonna say I really like men in that color. It yeah, well, really nice well, well, you're missing it. I'll have to take his photo later. <laughs> Taken, Jason. <laughs> Taken. All right. All right. Hi, Tim. Hello, everyone. My name is Tim Fitz, and I'm the author of two short story collections, Go Home and Cry for Yourselves and Hypothermia. I teach at Drexel and the Curtis Institute of Music and Penn State Brandywine and Temple University. Yes, indeed he does. And... Who's out there in the desert? Desert, hello. desert, desert, hello. desert. Hello. Oh, hello. Hearing the echo from halfway around the world, it's Marion, um, and I'm sitting here with Samantha. Um, and so, hi, I'm Marion. I'm the co-editor of Painted Bright Quarterly. I run the uh, writing program here at NYU Abu Dhabi. And Samantha. Hello. I am Samantha, and I am an instructor here at NYU Abu Dhabi, and I've been on the Abu Dhabi editorial board for almost four years now, I think. <laughs> Wowza. Exactly. Yeah, and now bouncing the ball back to Jason. Hi, I'm in New York. I'm in Tribeca in my lovely office at the Borough of Manhattan Community College. Yes. I have a department meeting later today, so I may be grumpy. If you get grumpy, Jason, it's because he has to go to a department meeting. Do you have any, like, um, chocolate-covered coffee beans or something? I do. Actually, you know what? I actually have, I have a very they significant... They could perk you up collection of chocolate that I keep in a mouse proof box and um yeah like like in it I actually have they're not it's a little weird they're not chocolate covered coffee beans they're coffee flavored chocolate in the shape of coffee beans what the what 
That's yeah. Fake news. <laughs> it's, it's from Neuhaus, which is my favorite. I think Neuhaus is, is really my favorite chocolatier. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I yeah, do I've have those, those, but I'm not eating them now because I would like be making those like smacking noises oh, wait, during the podcast. So that would not be cool. Is your question about the coffee beans because they're good to eat or good to throw in faculty meetings? This is my question. <laughs> no, I, I did mean to perk him up a bit. Uh, yeah. I, I've never had the ones he's describing, but the chocolate covered chocolate covered coffee beans for me are medicinal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like an Animal House style food fight during our department meeting would not be. You could hurt someone with that. Would those. Not make it. It would, and we do it in one of those like giant auditorium room, you know, like the lecture hall with like the super raked seating. Wow, I love. Which is actually my favorite part of the department meeting. I really like the room. <laughs> oh, I hate the room that ours is in, and you know I shouldn't say this publicly, but I'm gonna. Do you guys okay. ever feel like if you just recorded one department meeting and then just replayed that at every meeting, it would really be the same effect? <laughs> I mean, that's sort of like you asking if I mean? you watch one episode of Falcon Crest, <laughs> can you just keep watching it over and over again? And I'm, I mean, I feel like you lose the forward progression. Yeah, I feel yeah. like. I don't, like well, I don't know if there time. is. I guess that's my point. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking about forward progression. The animosities are the same, but they grow <laughs> over time. Oh, they Very grow. Much. Oh, they might grow. They might grow. Yeah. So um, I, um, we've had Samantha before, but we haven't had her on, a sh- on an episode in a little while. And I, it's the first time I think that you two have been together for uh, a recording, right? Well, one that works. We did. This, we tried to do it. <laughs> and it, it didn't go so well. And by the time we realized that we weren't actually re- recording, we'd had like three glasses of whiskey and we're basically telling each other how much we loved each other. Right. <laughs> I don't know that. That's a good no news, bad news, kind of day. Or bad news, good news. Kind of just, the New York Times just had a magazine story about this. Yeah. um okay let's let's attend to the matters at hand um today we have a couple poems two poems by emma hine and i'm wondering who would like to um read the first one who among you can i read it i'd love for you to read it marion wren oh yay yeah 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 okay so i'm i'm excited to read emma hine i wake up in the painting by russo I wake up in the painting by Rousseau. This time he, the sleeping figure, I, the lion, my pupils round in their egg whites, night wind angling his scent dunewards. He has surprised me. I never expected a human in the sand, like a a god fallen asleep, a bare-throated mandolin on the pillow beside him. I smell the striped shoulder of his robe, don't know which path he took across the desert. On the nightstand, we keep a lamp, a vase, a digital clock. Beneath the blue walls, I hold the moon in my teeth and breathe on it, feel no devouring dread. Thank you so much. Thank you. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Well, I love the painting. I mean, I think that I, what she does with the painting is really gorgeous. Yes, mm-hmm. I like that painting. Um, 
listeners, allow me to remind you that you can go to uh, pbqmag.org and see this poem and how it looks laid out on the page. So you can do that now if you'd like. And um, and read along with us and look at how this is formatted. Um, I was anxious for the poets among us to talk to me about that formatting. Um, my first response is the same as Jason's. I, I love that painting and find it one that I can look at and look at for a long time. And so this was sort of um, a lovely surprise to have it described to me via the lion's eye, you know. Um, yeah. But does anybody, can anybody help me out with formatting choice here? Well, I know something that I really like about this is the first line in each stanza, you can almost read that on its own and it complements the larger poem. Mm, so yeah. like, this time angling his scent asleep, don't know a digital clock. It's almost like as you're waking kind of these things that the narrator could be thinking. Thank you for pointing that out. That's cool. I love when that happens too. Yeah, so it, they're four-line stanzas. The, the indentations are kind of um, wonderfully bananas. Um, and it, and it, it's, it's strange how it, you know, it almost feels like conventional four-line stanzas, but then you've got the jagged ends mm -hmm. on the right-hand side, right, with the top and bottom of each stanza sort of poking further out. Um, and I, I just, I just have to say the sort of, um, serendipity of all this, like to read what is an ekphrastic poem, mm -hmm. right. Um, the poet sort of puts herself in the image by Rousseau. Um, and the project is just to, as Kathy, as you said, to render this painting to sort of like describe the painting, but from the lion's eye, um, Greg Pardlow was here for the last couple of days. And it was Greg Pardlow, a go-go from Thursday night on when he delivered a lecture about ekphrastic poetry. Right. So he was actually yeah. talking about his own craftsmanship um, when he writes poems that, you know, sort of depict um, a, an experience with an art object. And, you know, and there are various ways to sort of approach this. You either sort of like look at the image from afar right, from a distance, or you put your, perhaps you put yourself inside the image. And that seems to be what, what's happening here, like the speaker's inside the image and then pulls back out into the dream, right? Mm -hmm. On the nightstand, we keep a, a lamp, a vase, a digital clock. So mm -hmm. then you're in this sort of quotidian, mundane bedroom. Beneath the blue walls, I hold the moon in my teeth and breathe on it. Feel no devouring dread. It's such a great depiction mm -hmm. of like domestic mm -hmm. slumber. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I trust the shape. I mean, I trust that the short lines are kind of moved to the end. Um, I trust the way that it goes between a kind of very narrow line and a very long line. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure I would be particularly articulate about exactly what's happening, mm -hmm. um, but I totally trust that shape, and I find it really satisfying the way that it kind of keeps like opening and closing, and it feels like. I mean, this time suggests that the speaker kind of goes into this painting from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like that really, that seemed, it seemed necessary that this time kind of starts at the end of the line, because that's a kind of immediate rest that like, we've already been here before, but this time mm -hmm. it's like this. 
with that sense of, you know, continuing, starting in the middle. Yeah. Right. And if they are, I mean, we can keep reading and reading into this, right? So if if it is a they and a we in a bed, right, and a speaker who has um, fallen asleep and woken up in this painting, uh, this time he, the sleeping per- figure, I, the lion, seems to me like maybe there's been other times where the I has been the sleeping figure, right? Yes, totally. And totally. the and the bedmate, <laughs> the lion, <laughs> which is also fun to think about. Oh, I like that. I didn't. I, I mean, yes, I got that that uh, she had been the gypsy before, but I never got that she was the that her partner was the lion. That's really cool. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And I love that it's this that this time it's 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 sort of like whispers a kind of once upon a time, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. It, it's very. Mm-hmm like real like this time right mm-hmm. and then it becomes totally lovely and lyrically surreal right mm-hmm. what the premise is right mm-hmm. the sort of entering into this exchange do you guys love bare-throated mandolin on the pillow as much as i do mm-hmm. bare-throated yeah. mandolin yeah and the lion with the the egg white eyes mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. that painting you know, those, those li- that, the lion's eyes, those are some orbs. <laughs> I'll never look at the painting the same way right. without thinking of this poem. <laughs> um, Joe's put it up on uh, a monitor in the in the sound room with us right now. And um, Ooh, the painting, cool. I mean, of course. And I really hope we'll have to look into uh, legalities and see if we can put it on the site, even in, you know, like on our homepage, because it's so mm-hmm. it's so cool. Yeah. Oddly enough, the digital clock at my parents' house in Florida makes the walls that color at night. Mm-hmm. It has a little blue digital reading of the time that's really mm-hmm. bright. Mm-hmm. so bright you can't sleep with it. Mm-hmm. But when I read this, I was thinking of that, that color. And I kind of, I think that mixes well with the idea of these people at night sleeping next to each other with the digital clock projecting down. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if the poem, obviously the poem did not have that digital clock or digital <laughs> clock in mind. I like how these natural accidents work. Right. Yeah, oh, well, there could be a digital clock. You know, Mary and Ren wouldn't be able to sleep with a light like that. <laughs> Don't get me. I may have them. slept with Mary and Ren a few times. In- once, or, once or twice, <laughs> known to happen, but I wake up and yell at blinking lights in the room. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Turn that off! <laughs> <laughs> it seems for the fucking exorcist. <laughs> you got to be on guard when sleeping with Mary and Red. Seriously, it's, it's, you know, seriously, it's, you know, devouring dread. <laughs> I'm waking up next to you. But when, you know, when she's sleeping and not, and not um, perplexed by blinking lights, she sleeps like an angel. I just think all of our <laughs> listeners should know that. Just, just, just like the, the sleeping gypsy in the painting. Yes, yes. As peaceful Rousseau, as peaceful. Sleeping like an angel. Uh, Mary's face looks that, just like that when she's asleep. She's just that, um, a beautific angel. It does a really nice job <laughs> of inhabiting the poem. Because, like, the, you know, Rousseau's work is so sort of, like, weirdly flat. And, like, part of the pleasure is that it seems so kind of... Um, Flat, like it's just there's this sort of like folkiness to it, 
And um, I, I love the way that this kind of inhabits that and sort of imagines the lion's perspective. Because the lion's not, you know, naturalistic. The lion almost looks kind of spooked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The lion's sort of like, oh, yeah. here I am. He's, he's more like a stuffed, he's more like a stuffed, uh, he's like a plush lion. Well, and right, and that's the, I never expected a human in the sand, like a god following. Yeah. Instead the of the, the human being afraid of the lion, what the lion's like, here? what's this? What is this person? <laughs> but you know what, Jason, your comments about like the matte quality of the painting, Samantha, man, it's, mm-hmm. it's helping me see how much Rousseau has like nailed in the, in the sort of quality of the desert, right? Mm-hmm. Like, those colors in the desert seem to be sort of flat and matte mm-hmm. even when you're like, you know, in, in, in their physical presence. So his rendering of it, it's beautifully caught here. Mm-hmm. Right? Definitely. And usually Rousseau is painting jungles, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's actually unusual for him to have a desert scene like this. Yes, right. Like of him as- the lion out of the jungle. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool way to think about it. Yeah, I think of him as the jungle guy, you know, when you're trying to reference, like, maybe maybe in art history or something, that's how I remembered which guy he was. The jungle guy. I remember him as the flat guy. <clears throat> the guy who doesn't understand perspective at all. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, missed that entire semester of art school. Okay, which is really funny because this poem is all about perspective, mm-hmm. right? The right. perspective in, mm-hmm. at the top and then also the sort of domestic perspective at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bon. Anybody else have anything else to say? I think we're kind of looking at a vote here. Are we? Should we vote to not. vote? Mm-hmm. You know, it's my favorite think, part. Yeah, vote. We're ready. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So we have three out there in the world and two in the room. <laughs> um, so Joe will read your messages and Tim and I will do an old school one, two, three, shoot. And it's unanimous. Ooh. I love when that happens, especially on Valentine's Day. Let's make sure we always record on Valentine's Day, shall we? You know, when, when I looked at when this fell and it was on Valentine's Day, I was like, well, that's kind of cool. I would love to be with the people I love so much. Are you, are you doing, I mean, other than podcasting, are you doing anything special for Valentine's Day? Well, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> you That's why I was so excited to be here right now, because nothing else is happening. Listen, now, the, um, the, the person that I would spend my time with is at uh, Quest Diagnostics and after already going to um, an urgent care center, Ooh. he was immediately sent to Quest Diagnostics. So oh my goodness. I don't think there's any valentining happening for me later today. But that's nice. all right. I have you right now. Well, we're here. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's funny, thinking about all of this, is the next poem up is Red Planet. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of like sticking with some stuff. So this is also Emma Hine. Um Jason, can I volunteer you to do it? You can. I love being volunteered. All right. Um, Red Planet. All Mars can see, bolted in place, is the sky. She recites, red sky at night, sailor's delight, until her atmosphere shimmers. She wants to be visible from everywhere, the brightest storm brewing in this big, wide sea. She converts sensations into units of distance and units of force so that each time a body collides with her, she can add it to her catalog of impact, 
where, how hard, how long the tremor. She lifts the oxide dust gently from a crater and says, asteroid at an oblique angle, 78 miles across. She does this just by feel, no looking, which might be why she, she so loves the probes. Hmm. When they land, she goes as still as she can so they won't startle and unlatch. She wants them always charting her shoal planes. When no one enters her gravity too slowly and bounces away, she wonders what went wrong. She imagines it lost out there, how it wanted her, couldn't touch her or stay. Uh, Jason, there's one tiny mistake in the reading there. Oh, I, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. And I'm wondering if you could maybe pick it back up. <laughs> like, should, should I just start again? Should I, I, I like, reread that? Yeah, I'm so sorry. Let me edit that out. No, that's fine. Person. That's fine. That's fine. I was having, I, I was having I some just, saliva issues. It was getting a little weird in my mouth. You were doing such a beautiful job, and I hate to like say scrap it and do it again. But yeah, let's do it again. Let's I do it again. I feel like uh, I, that would mean a lot to the poet. You know I'm what I mean? I'm a professional. Yeah. Let's right. let's yeah. do this. Let's Red do planet. it. Let's All do right. it. Do it again. You can do it. Take two. One, two, three. Red planet. All Mars can see, bolted in place, is the sky. She recites, red sky at night, sailors delight, until her atmosphere shimmers. She wants to be visible from everywhere. The brightest storm brewing in this big, wide sea. She converts sensation into units of distance and units of force so that each time a body collides with her she can add it to her catalog of impact where how hard how long the tremor she lifts the oxide dust gently from a crater and says asteroid at an oblique angle 78 miles across she does this just by feel no looking which might be why she so loves the probes. When they land, she goes as still as she can, so they won't startle and unlatch. She wants them always charting her shoal planes. When one enters her gravity too slowly and bounces away, she wonders what went wrong. She imagines it lost out there, how it wanted her, couldn't touch her or stay. Hell yeah. Great reading. Mm-hmm. Wowza. Wowza. It's a great, it feels uh, really good in your mouth. Oh, it, it, it sounded really, really, really good too. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, a, it's definitely a Valentine's Day poem. What a Valentine's Day poem. I, and we didn't even plan that part. I, I want, I want to be the brightest storm brewing. <laughs> in my yeah. biggest id moments, right? I the to personify Mars to this mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. this much emotionality and intensity, I'm just I'm I'm pretty smitten. I'm with you. And there's mm-hmm. something really gorgeous about the line breaks in these stanzas and the way that the, the poem is also made up of beautiful sentences. Mm-hmm. I think those two things mm-hmm. are true. These are lovely sentences and gorgeously broken so that the prosody just like, like drives you through into that 
sort of ache at the end. I think it's fair to say that um, Emma Hine is good at personification (laughs) from the last uh, poem as well. And this, it's just really lovely. Um, There's a a Pixar uh, short um, film about a volcano that's lonely. And it's mm. it sings, and I'm not going to sing the song, but it's worth looking up. And there's a melancholiness, sadness. No, no, no. But well, we'll this, see if it, we can link to that too. Of that. Yeah. Like a little bit of beautiful sadness yeah. for this planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tim, I thought you were about to say something. Well, you looked ready. I was going to say something. <laughs> I, I think. What I admire about both of the poems is that it's so easy when um, writing poems or when people try to write poems using personification or writing about paintings or using different types of form, it's so easy to become cheesy. (laughs) And I think he does such a great job at not being cheesy about all this stuff. I really love this. uh, The past two poems, this one is... uh, a favorite poem for the past year, probably. This is sort of an all-timer, except one line. It's the second line when she recites Red Sky at Night, A Sailor's Delight. It just sort of is a little bit saccharine for me. Mm-hmm. It's not a deal breaker because the rest of the poem is so great. But I, it, that, that line there kind of... I'm also a big fan of the YouTube show Yacht Rock, and um, they're always saying this line here, so maybe that sticks with me a little... What line? The one you just quoted? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I That didn't bother me at all. I mean, I think for me, it was the immediacy of Mars. We already have all Mars can see, right? But like to personify Mars to that level um, and the beauty of until her atmosphere shimmers. Yeah, mm-hmm. the poem you gets know? a pass for it. Yeah. Of what it does the rest of the poem. It, I just want to throw it out there that that line bothers me. But. <laughs> By the time I'm in the next stanza, I've forgotten all about it. It's so smooth and um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Tim, headed. what's the show you mentioned? What's it called? Yak Warning? Yacht Rock. Just, what's that? Just, go, just uh, go to YouTube and hit Yacht Rock. What is it? It's yeah. a it's a okay. it's a um, YouTube show that's a parody of all the '70s smooth rock bands like Steely Dan. Oh, and, um, nice. Okay. Uh, Kenny Loggins and okay, that's watch great. It. Okay, because that that line, red sky at night, sailors delight, red in the morning, sailors Mm -hmm. take warning, is something my mom quotes constantly, like Mm -hmm. when she looks out of the sunset or Mm -hmm. sunrise. Mine too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just like something that she basically hums. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. It actually is true. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, what else? What else? I love she does it. Like, there's this little turn. Like, she does it just by feel. It's like, oh, <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. And, and that's when, like, um, I mean, for me, that's when it kind of went from a kind of idea to a really embodied um, character. That that ability to kind of know what's entering the space and to really love it and to feel it. Like that was that was very intense for me. When I teach this poem, I'm going to tell my students. I'm going to tell my students to look at the verbs that she uses. Yeah, recites, converts, collides. You can almost read the verbs and know what the poem's about. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. And by the time she gets to when they land, she goes as still as she can. 
so they mm-hmm. won't startle and unlatch. My heart is breaking for her by that right. point. You know, I want to be her. I want to be Mars. <laughs> Me too. This. Me too, Samantha. <laughs> I know. Happy and Samantha want to be Mars. <laughs> I'm I'm the sleeping gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> we need a series of planet poems. It's the Wizard of Oz up here. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I like, which is might be why she so loves the probes. I actually mm-hmm. giggled mm-hmm. there. Um, but it's just beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, what's so funny right now is that I think we're being quieter than we usually are because we keep getting lost in the poem each of us individually I I know that's what I'm doing I keep Mm -hmm. going back and reading lines and just going ah and she's so generous that Mars is like really sad about all the probes Mm -hmm. that didn't succeed in meeting her right Samantha I think we should revoke that I don't think we want to be Mars (laughs) maybe we we already are Well, oh man! Thanks for Valentine's Day, love, Samantha. It is eight thirty p.m. on Valentine's yeah. Day. Oh shoot, that's right. You've already had your whole day. I still have hope. Is, is is Valentine's Day a thing outside of like? Do they do anything in Abu Dhabi? Is that like a? Well, I've seen a lot of like mm-hmm. bouquets of roses, but I haven't been off the campus much. In the last <laughs> yeah. I feel like, does anything happen off campus, or is that just like it's like Halloween, where like you're like, yeah, it's this is like something Halloween, we do. or how Christmas is is like a festive time. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so many Americans here that yeah. it's definitely a thing, but um, it's not like a sad, sad thing if you're not doing something. Right. It's more like an ex- excuse for a buffet or yes. a fancy dinner. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's an yeah. excuse for a buffet. <laughs> I, I, my understanding of Abu Dhabi is that very little is not an excuse for a buffet. I know. But like, I was going to suggest the title. Saturday is a good excuse for a buffet. <laughs> I was right going to suggest that the buffet. buffet. Exactly. Right. Next year it will be a bigger deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought the title of this episode should be It's Easy to Be Cheesy, but now I think it might be It's an Excuse for a Buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you can be cheesy at a buffet because there's lots of cheese. Yeah. yeah. Um, guess what? I think that we've already voted, like, you know, in a kind of symbolic way, but that we should, <laughs> we should vote, vote. You guys want to vote, vote? Yeah, but okay. you know, before yeah. we do that, I'm so glad you said to the listeners, like, what the silence is about, right? So sometimes when we pause and don't say anything, it's because we're actually reading the poem so that we have that pleasure. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. we all read these poems, but just like one quick read when, when, when they get sent out, or of course, a longer read as we're deciding who to ask to read their work, but we truly have never discussed them together and the poems are still really uh, fresh for us when we come to the episode when we come to the recordings so yeah i think we're still like drifting off into the onto the page a lot when we're in the in the virtual room together well and there's also something i mean that about that silence that um pleasure is often not verbal 
Right. That, like right. it's it's very easy to talk about something, you know, where things are going really wrong. Um, and you want to be careful about how you talk about it. Um, but when something's like you don't like, you know, when you put a like amazing piece of dark chocolate in your mouth, you're like, mm. <laughs> right? Like you don't <laughs> you know, Steve? Like, like you know, like the, all of the language of like wine tasting and chocolate tasting, like is <laughs> is for after you've had like the amazing moment of like, oh my god, like that's just so non-verbally wonderful. Steve, uh, Steve Jones of the Sex Pistols <laughs> talks about when he first started drinking. And how when he was a teenager, he drank a pint of lager and immediately he felt like his problems all disappeared. And I feel like a poem like this can do that. Yeah. 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 I hear you. The best beer I ever had was um, when I was nursing my first baby. (laughs) (laughs) Beer beer actually really helps your breast milk. And I also hadn't drank for nine months. And, um, and drink, I, I literally like drank a bottle of Rolling Rock, you know, the, the quintessential green glass bottle mm-hmm. in almost one gulp. And it was like, I felt it going into my body. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was, it was really a very amazing experience. Does it but feel anyway. different? Like when you're nursing, like if the alcohol is coming, like, like did that, like all the ferment, like, does that feel different? In terms of like the breast milk when you're you know what? I don't know if it was psychological for me or, you know, but yes, I did feel like an occasional beer helped the milk flow <laughs> and did. Yeah. I mean, you can't get drunk and feed feed your baby, but a beer. Right. Um, it's actually good for you. It's actually a recommended thing to do. There's something in the beer that really does increase the um, milk, you know? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I highly recommend it, listeners. Anybody out there lactating, drink <laughs> drink a bottle of Rolling Rock in one one glug 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 glug, and you'll be you'll be in business. Um, <laughs> and that has nothing to do with the Red Planet. But I want Jason to make the chocolate sound again. <laughs> really? That was, wait, let me see if I get like I just I have to imagine like. Mm. No, that wasn't that. I, I can't. I, that was a different sound. It was a little like this, Jason. It was like, it's a like great chalk chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sound like you're like, thinking I, about it. Yeah, no, if I think about it too much, it goes away. Like, it has to It has to be this kind of like a spur of the moment thing. Yeah, this is, we're going to have to see. One of my great weaknesses is that I cannot. This is why I can't work with children, because I can't repeat anything in the same way. They're like, just do the thing you just did. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I can't. So when, when, like, kids who, like, really need repetition and, like, really thrive on, like, you saying things exactly the same way, I'm like, I, I can't even clap along to a song. I have no rhythm. Like it's, it's really Uh, embarrassing. Like uh, when I'm in places where people are clapping, I have to look at people's hands to make sure. Wow. But you're an excellent dancer. But you're an excellent dancer. I'm an excellent dancer as long as like I'm on the dance floor and I'm feeling it. But if you asked me to do the same dance, like I don't think it would happen. Oh, oh, Like if Martha Graham were like, do that again, I'd be like, I can't. I just can't. I just can't. I want to, but I can't. Goodness, that's. Through line for this whole conversation tonight is about the sort of embodied experience of pleasure, whether it's yeah. a literary pleasure or fine chocolate or, you know, your breastfeeding beer. <laughs> I was not breastfeeding beer. Oh, oh, a breastfeeding beer. <laughs> that's, that's like the worst Pixar cartoon ever. 
<laughs> I'm imagining a beer strapped to the front of me now. That one. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're gonna have to see if Joe uh, Zhang, our wonderful sound engineer, can isolate Jason's chocolate eating sounds, and we can just <laughs> oh, press yeah. a button and play it every time we read a really great <laughs> poem. Maybe, maybe that could happen. I have, I've always wanted the champagne cork. And speaking of a champagne cork, shall we vote? Yes. 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 All right, let's do it. One, two, three, vote. And with absolutely no dramatic tension whatsoever, it's unanimous. <laughs> yes. Woohoo. Emma Hine, thank you so much for giving us such delicious poems to read on Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't thank you enough. You're going to hear this two weeks after Valentine's Day, but whatever. It should be love, love, Mm -hmm. love, love, love all the time. Anyway, right? Um, So love Trump's hate all 2018. Um, And is anybody doing anything really sexy and wonderful for Valentine's Day that you can say on the air? Uh, We're seeing a play. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else? Uh, we're, we're doing this. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a lot of sexy though at one point. We're talking about the, the beer. <laughs> beer and chocolate and wine. Yeah. That was a highlight. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> you know what I should do? Wouldn't it be funny if I like went to a restaurant where I kind of know people with a bottle of red wine and just like ordered several chocolate desserts by myself like as if I'm sad even though I'm not like I wonder how I would be treated wouldn't that be a a really cool social experiment I've been saying Valentine's Day is the day when single people do anything they want yes Mm -hmm. I don't get that because like if you're in a relationship and like Valentine's Day takes on this whole, you know, like we have to plan something, there have to be gifts, there have to be chocolates, there has to be romance. Whereas like single people are like, I'd like to stay home and watch Netflix and eat this bag of Doritos. Well, that might. Yes. But but riddle me this. Do you think there are single people who don't want to go out tonight because they don't want to be seen alone? Oh God, yes, and there are, there are <laughs> couples who don't that's, want to go out tonight because, like, it's gonna everything costs more money. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Although there is also Valentine specials, I have to say. As, I saw one, one of my students I said, I really like Valentine specials happening because that's when I can buy the cheap chocolate. Well, do you know what I was supposed to do? This is so funny. Come to think of it, I'll share. I was supposed to go have one of the city's best cheesesteaks on Gerard Avenue, mm-hmm. and then go see two glam rock bands so that was going to be my Valentine's Day Um, Joe do you know a band called Cowbell something Cowbell something and uh, Candy Volcano that's what I was supposed to do so it wasn't really like particularly romantic or coupley at all but but that's the thing that I think Quest Diagnostics has put the kibosh on <laughs> that, that's so, I'm so sorry. Like that. Glam rock that's... bands and cheesesteaks. Yeah. Hmm. Oh well, say love you. You're not, but you're. Do you can't like the 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 glam rock? Is, is this is like a neo glam rock band? Like this is like a glam revival. Uh, the band? one Candy Volcano does a lot of Bowie. Yeah. Uh, with Marion has seen I... them as well, right, Mayor? Yeah. Yeah, they're great fun. It's a huge band. They get all costumed up, and they mm-hmm. and they and they do it their way, and it's super fun. And I've I haven't seen the um the cowbell, and I feel bad that I'm not saying their name properly. Uh, 
They're, Joe, could you look that up while we keep talking? They're at the fire tonight, which by the time anybody listens to this, they won't be. But I looked at a couple of videos and they also looked like fun. They were doing covers and some of their own originals and it was all very glam, rocky, dramatic and and awesome. And I was interested in going. Um Cowbell Superstar. Cowbell Superstar. If anybody wants to look them up. It was Cowbell Superstar and Candy Volcano tonight at the fire in Philadelphia. But um, but that's fine. I'm sure they'll play again. It's so silly, but I don't think of David Bowie as glam rock. And that's so I'm just I'm just looking up um, Candy Volcano and I'm finding their like cover of Life on Mars, which is one of my favorite songs. Yeah, you'll um, have to um, you'll have to listen. Uh, a woman that I belly dance with sings many of their tunes, including you, that you know how I just I, I had never really heard Life on Mars or just never really noticed it until um, Martha Graham Cracker sang it. Ah. Um, your Philadelphia-based drag queen extraordinaire. Yeah. Um, well, oh my God! Like, oh my- like after after I heard Martha Graham Cacker do "Life on Mars," like mm-hmm. I listened to no other song for like two. <laughs> it was well, like I just. Marion and I had that exact pleasure at a Candy Volcano show, didn't we, Mare? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And then this year we had multiple pleasures at a Bowie burlesque show. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And it was it was like a collection of burlesque dancers and burlesque acts doing all kinds of Bowie um, in brilliant and glittering ways. Yes, it was amazing. It was at the um, the uh, Philadelphia has been doing a week. David Bowie's birthday week. They do something called Philly Loves Bowie, and they have maybe 30 plus concurrent events happening all over the city for a whole week, all of which um, the proceeds go to uh, Children's Hospital here in Philadelphia. Um, Cause I, I think it was uh, Bowie's wish that if things were done in his honor, that that's what the money should go to is local children's hospitals. So um, yeah. So is it Frankie Bradley's and it was pretty freaking amazing, right, Mayor? It was just oh, such so a perfect great. mix of acts it was super fun. So um, everybody put put that on your calendar next year. Come to Philadelphia the first or second week of January. Second week of January, I think. Right, Mayor? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. yeah, come on down and you can do all the things. You can get a lightning bolt tattoo for cheap and um, a haircut for cheap and see Glam mm-hmm. Rock and can, eat Federal I... Donuts. The Federal Donuts makes a purpley, pinky tie-dye glitter donut. And yeah. everything happens. Can, everything can I climb? Happens. Can I climb a light pole? Well, only if we greet it first. Let us know. <laughs> oh my God, we're, we're babbling so hard. But it, listeners, uh, you know, Super Bowl happened a few weeks ago. I think we've referenced it here, and uh, the Philadelphia police put Crisco on the poles. But for Philadelphians, you realize what happened, right? Do you what? guys all know no, up there in the desert and up there in New York? Well, no. Philadelphians were just like, I take that as a challenge. That was <laughs> they threw down the gauntlet because the police were being so cute about it and doing the best social media about Chris going the polls. But then yeah. Philadelphians were like, hey, give me a boost. I'm going to get above the Crisco <laughs> line. And I'm taking down some street signs and some street lights. And they did. And was- um, Drexel was so Drexelonian in my mind because on the very Monday they had already interviewed some uh, chemist chemist folk here to say what should the police have used to grease the poles <laughs> and made an article about other compounds that might have been used. Well, I, I was really devastated by the fact that the um, 
the Crisco was for like one of the qualifying games, mm-hmm. and for the actual um, for the actual Super Bowl, it wasn't Crisco. It was like hydraulic fluid or something. It was really. Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is that Philadelphians still leapt right over that. They were they were yeah. climbing the poles. It, it it became a challenge and not a deterrent. Yeah. Um, Right. But, you know, well, we are the underdogs, rough, 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 and all that, right? So. Well, I hope you guys are still flying high. I hope that you guys are still. I think yeah. they are. You know, I've had a lot of lovely conversations with um, students who uh, didn't live in Philadelphia, maybe in its environs, maybe not. But they they are getting misty-eyed talking about how incredible the experience was to be in the city when that happened for the yeah. game day and the parade get day and what they keep saying, which really does move me. And, you know, it's Valentine's Day, so I'm going to say it, that everybody was everybody's best friend, that they were like yeah. in these seas of six million people and feeling nothing but love and camaraderie. And it was so the that's closest I think cool. to the night Obama one yeah. in my life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So wait, yeah. can we just jump in? So Samantha has to take off in a few minutes because now it's close to nine and she's got to yeah. get back apartment. <laughs> but um, she was telling me that she watched the uh, Super Bowl at three, three or four o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. here on campus with a bunch of other people from Philadelphia. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Right. That's great. Awesome. Man, tears here in Abu Dhabi yeah. as well. Oh. <laughs> That's great. That's really great. I get misty once a day thinking about the game. (laughs) And eventually I have to go watch highlights. Every day that's happened so far. Really? Really? Yeah, I've watched some highlights too, to be honest. Even me. It was just a beautiful game. It was a really theatrically beautiful game. It was just... It was strange here, though, because we couldn't access the commercials. So (gasps) it was really about the game. I don't remember one commercial. So I watched that uh, the Dirty Dancing commercial later at home by myself, which I enjoyed. (laughs) But it really made you focus on the actual game in a weird way that I never had before. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. That's really funny. So my daughter won Bud Light's grand prize. I don't think I've told any of you that. You told me. Yeah, yeah. So she won a 55-inch Samsung Smart TV, a ton of Bud Light uh, gear, you know, swag. Um, they were supposed to give her cases of beers, but Pennsylvania wouldn't let booze be a prize. Um, and a couple hundred dollars of food. So we were being photographed by Bud Light people at the beginning of the Super Bowl party. And it was kind of fun. That's amazing. Did the girls go? I don't know. Did we lose Abu Dhabi? fell off. I just sign off then, I guess. Oh, all right. Okay, well, listeners, I've been meaning to ask you, tell me what you did on Valentine's Day. And also, if you have any questions you'd like to ask us, we would like to do a, um, not a call-in show, but a reading your questions and answering them show. That's so, a good idea. Yeah, so start asking us questions and we'll collect them and we'll do a show. Uh, so anything you'd like to ask, even where is the best cheesesteak in Philly? Um, anything at all. And, um, thank you very much for listening and keep reading.